A Tricky Kid Media Original, distributed by iHeartRadio. Welcome to Prince, the Encore, an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we honor the life and legacy of our greatest inspiration, Prince. What was once a yearly special is now a monthly. Again, what we're talking about here, of course, is the Welcome to America record in time and tour. Maybe why it didn't come out uh, when it was originally going to back then. We're trying to shape uh, his ideals, his mood, his vision for this. And I really feel like that what we're pulling from from this and what we're, what we're building here is going to uh, illuminate that. And that's just something, again, like I said, I, I haven't seen done yet. So uh, I took matters into my own hands. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. But coming in to part two, we've got a lot more coming, man. Uh, we're going to skip ahead to October 2010 when he actually announces the Welcome to America tour. Tour, I was actually there present in New York City. but Welcome. Welcome to America. We're here today in New York to announce a series of events. That will begin on a purple day in December in the year 2010. Welcome to America is best described as what we've all been waiting for. I will serve as master of ceremonies for multiple nights of entertainment that will feature some of the best artists this country has to offer. We're talking about a list which includes, but not limited to, the legendary Maceo Parker, my favorite new artist, Janelle Monet, from Minneapolis Mint Condition, The new face of jazz and classical music, Esperanza Spaulding. And one who's been around for a while, but still continues to haunt me to this day, Cassandra Wilson. Sinbad, Layla Hathaway, Sheila E., and of course, Graham Central Station are just some of the names that have agreed to showcase their talents, along with the new power generation and I. Without giving too much away, anyone that has ever been to one of our concerts, inclusive of Stephen Hill, knows they know what time it is. So you need to come early, you need to come often, because every time we play, there's always something new. No concert is ever the same. I got a lot of hits. Bring friends, bring your children and bring foot spray, because it's going to be funky. Welcome to America. Peace. And that was on October the 14th at the legendary Apollo Theater there in New York City. And and again, I just uh, was fortunate enough to actually be there uh, for the announcement. It was also my very first time ever to the legendary Apollo Theater uh, of course, I'd pass by it all the time. Uh, I lived in New York from 06 to 2012, and whenever I would fly home and come back to New York, I'd always would take the M60 bus, and it would take me to 125th Street. So kind of cool that my first time, and one of the only times I was ever there, uh, was for this. 
Uh, but then four days later, <clears throat> and then, because again, I guess he was in New York. <clears throat> and again, being in New York, of course, is a gateway city, of course, going overseas. Literally, the next day, he leaves for Europe. Uh, so he's announced one tour uh, and still completing, while completing another one overseas. Uh, to begin a tour uh, just four days later uh, in Bergen, Norway. And after having a somewhat successful, uh, you know, second leg uh, start of the tour, uh, he makes his way to Denmark uh, for two shows, uh, technically three actually, uh, and we'll get to that. Uh, but of course, in, in, in Copenhagen and in Herning, uh, at the Forum, uh, Copenhagen and at the uh, Jasik Bank Boxing, but something very, very significant happens here is not only does he do one of the longest shows he's ever done, ever uh, th there at the Forum uh, in Copenhagen, clucking in almost three hours. So you would think that after three hours, he would have had his fill. Oh no. On to the after show. And if you those of you who have been to the after shows, you know that you never know what you're going to get. You know, you may get 20 minutes of t guitar doodling. You may get a full show. You, you never know. That's kind of part of the charm. But in this case, when you're expected to pay uh, quite a bit here, um, and there was a little bit of pushback there uh, from the patrons. Uh, so that same evening, again, he gets over to Amar, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Amajur Bio, uh, just kind of a, of a small club holds less than you know less than a thousand people uh and normally um i guess i guess they still had the euro dollar back then but still it was usually like 300 um i guess dkrs to get in this time it was almost always like 500 and so they were they were a little mad but so you know to kind of calm things down venue staff comes out and says you're going to get a full show and a full show they did he played almost another 2 hours of just what a party and for me specifically uh what is so significant is it is it features what is basically known as the only or what is thought to thought of is the only known live performance of Sticky Like Glue. Again, he was very much into the 2010 mindset. I mean, you guys have seen tours that he was supporting certain records. And again, he had just announced a new record, a new tour and everything else happening in America, literally called Welcome to America. And a week later, he still focused on this one. But I've been to tours where he had a new record out and didn't even, it might as well not even been out. He didn't even acknowledge it or touch it in any sort of way. And on this one, he was very much into the 2010 record. And I very much love that record. And Sticky Like Glue is not only my favorite song from the record, but it's one of my favorite Prince songs. And it's a song that me and my wife danced to. One of the many Prince songs we did. We got married on his birthday um, in 2019. So I, I'm one of those nerds that kind of peruses the set list, uh, not before the, the tours or shows, because I want to be surprised. With Prince, it's always, you never really know what you're going to get anyway, so it isn't really going to spoil much, but, uh, but like, you know, after the fact. And so, again, the only performance of Sticky Like Glue, and I actually are going to play a little bit of that for you right now.
Tricky Kid Radio is distributed by iHeartRadio and is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Play Store. Subscribe for free on the iHeartRadio app or on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to Tricky Kid TV on YouTube.com for a stunning visual look at all the fun we have here, plus exclusive content, short films, and more. Follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle, at TrickyKid2, type TrickyKid Radio Podcast on Facebook, and DJ TrickyKid on Instagram. Speaking of which, subscribe now to Roy Turner's alter ego DJ Tricky Kid's amazing Twitch channel at twitch.tv for retro gaming, exclusive DJ sets, as well as DJ instruction and live streaming of Tricky Kid Radio, where you, the audience, can participate and interact with our guests. Don't miss a single stream, so you can be up to date on the latest on all things Tricky Kid. Subscribe now at twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid. I'm here with my friend Roy. He is talking all things pieces of me. This is Tiffany here. To always, always tune in to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. And the show also featured the final live performance of Prince doing a cover of, of Funkadelic's If You Got Funk, You Got Style. He'd been playing that, and this was uh, the last time. He would do it as an interpolation of It's All Right. Uh, and this is the last known time. But we're going to volley back and forth. We're going to revisit a little bit more of the 2010 tour in Europe. And there's a lot more to say about that. Don't take it from me. Once again, returning back for part two, uh, my man uh, Edgar Cruz. And then in late 2010, another Belgium show was announced. Again, not in the Netherlands. And that European tour was, as Prince put it in multiple interviews to promote the shows, a rehearsal for the US tour that was imminent. And that American tour was the Welcome to America tour. Eventually a show in the Netherlands was added as well, in November 2010. And that was probably the best one I saw that era. There were a lot of rumors about possible after shows, but here Prince did a pre-show with a focus on the songs by Shelby, Elisa and Liv. He was his own support act. It was amazing, the arena exploded. And after that, there was a regular print show, but he had such a good time he went on until he was not allowed to play anymore due to curfew. Many people missed their trains back home because of this. I almost did. And then in 2011, the Welcome to America Euro Tour was announced. The tour name was a puzzle for many fans. We had no idea what Welcome to America was, and we had no idea it was an actual planned album. But seeing the, the name of the tour being projected on, on the venue in Rotterdam, was it, it was amazing. It had something. And, but there was a lot of discussion why he'd call a European tour Welcome to America. But w w again, we didn't know. Uh, and he didn't play any of the songs from that album. So, um, But he did play two outdoor shows in Ghent, Belgium, followed by three nights uh, that were more or less after shows for the Nordsea Jazz Festival in the Netherlands. And the, the, the show started when the actual festival ended. The Belgian shows were amazing, but were more or less in line with what he did on other Welcome to America shows. But the Naughty Jazz shows, those were really special. Each night had a different vibe, each night had a very different set list. Um, the first night wasn't too good, but the main problem was the bad sound. It was too loud to properly enjoy. Janella Monet wa was on stage at one point. I can't remember what she was singing. Um, the second night was, was way better. Uh, the sound was good, the vibe was good. They started with an amazing joy in repetition and it included a rare performance of When We're Dancing Close and Slow. Also, it had Seal messing up uh, mountains, which was quite hilarious. Um, the third night, 
that that was my personal favorite the crowd was on fire and it was a perfect mix of rare tracks at the start of the set and and hits at uh, at, at the finale of the show and the best part was when they were playing girl a song i hadn't heard before live and and prince was explaining to the band how to play it as they had never played it before it was truly like witnessing a rehearsal it was amazing and at three in the morning people still wanted more the crowd kept on chanting for at least 30 or 40 minutes um, but it was already very very late or or very early um, so so there wasn't any more but it was an amazing experience and there was actually one more welcome to america euro tour concert uh, planned for the netherlands but we got a cut a few more um because later that month uh, there were terrorist attacks in Oslo right on the day uh, Prince was supposed to play there. So those shows got cancelled and he cancelled everything uh, in in Scandinavia at that point. Um, and relocated to the Netherlands uh, where he booked the Melkweg venue um, to rehearse with the band. And then suddenly it was announced that he would be playing a show there. It's a 1500 capacity venue so immediately, immediately the street flooded with people wanting to get in. Um, I live about 40 minutes away, so when seeing the, the pictures of the crowd on social media, I didn't even try to go there. And then the day after, he announced he would be doing another show. I had to work late, so I figured I would be too late on that date as well. But in the evening, I got a, a text from a friend saying, if you come to Amsterdam right now, you're very likely to get in. The line's about 200 people now. So I went for that one. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. Prince played the ballad of Dorothy Parker, I, a song I had never heard him perform before. And, and then he played Chocolate, uh, one of my favorite songs on the Pandemonium album of the time. And he had never played that one before, so, so I was over the moon. Um, when we're dancing close and slow was again in the set. Bemi was there. It was, it was an amazing night. And after that, I went straight back to work <laughs> because it was so late and I had to work the following morning. So it was all in one blur. Um, and I had a ticket for that regular show uh, that evening um, when he was playing Rotterdam, but I skipped that as I was too tired. And and looking back at that, <laughs> that is so lame. If Prince and the band can perform, why can't I just go to Rotterdam and sit there and witness it? Uh, but I gave my ticket away to a friend. And it's all good because the memory of that final show I saw at, at the Melkweg was worth it. Prince went from playing no shows in Belgium and the Netherlands for eight years to playing 13 within a few months. And um, it, the, the memory of that is, is just brilliant. The Welcome to moniker didn't make any sense at that point in time. And it didn't make any sense until this year when we got the Welcome to America album and the, the Welcome to America live Blu-ray, which is amazing and brings back so many memories of that that special time in, in 2010 and 2011 and i'm so glad i saw so many of these shows because it, it, it was um um well we now know he had he had a creative peak at that point but we didn't know back then but he had a live peak his band was amazing he was amazing so i'm so glad i saw these shows so after that extensive break uh you know of almost two weeks it was like 11 days uh, between gigs, uh, he was spotted in Italy uh, on November the 1st and then got right back to work on November the 2nd uh, with a really, really big show there uh, in Rome, Italy. Uh, some pretty fun things, uh, some really kind of fun facts there. Number one is that this show was filmed uh, professionally. Uh, there were, I think there were like, it was like a five camera setup. And I think that was another thing that he was doing during the break was getting all of this together. 
uh, where that live footage is, <laughs> if it'll ever see the light of day. I think some of it has been released in pieces, but in terms of, you know, Prince November, you know, excuse me, <clears throat> Prince November 2nd, 2010 in, in Rome, Italy, uh, who knows if we'll ever see that. Maybe that'll be one of the things that the, the estate will now put out, but there's a, there's a live video and audio recording of that out there somewhere. Uh, if you can tell me more about it, I'd love to, I'd love to hear it. Uh, hit me up on Instagram under DJ Tricky Kid. Uh, and then uh, something kind of cool that happened also at that show was Lenny Kravitz was spotted in the audience. He didn't come up on stage, but uh, uh, but kind of a cool little deal, I guess. I, I think he was also on tour, or maybe he was there on vacation. I don't know, because there's really no record of of him being, uh, Lenny Kravitz being, uh, you know, in Europe or Italy to perform. I can't imagine he would go all the way to Italy to see Prince, but hey, I would, you know, if maybe Lenny would too. So then, and then they head back to Brussels, Belgium, back to Viage for another late night gig that, as you heard in part one, the chaos and how chaotic the first one was. This, maybe no broken glass this time, but this somehow uh, doubles it in. This show has become mythical. Uh, and talk about the longest, uh, my goodness, clocking in at 205 minutes. That's three and a half hours. One of, and, and in terms of the after parties, we understand this is the longest show he ever played. A lot of it had to do with a lot of long instrumentals played because there was so many problems at this gig. This gig has become, again, legendary for just, again, how crazy this spot and troubled and and dysfunctional this spot had, had had been and i guess he wanted to go back he he had uh you know what almost another week in between because again he had all these shows that were announced that were getting canceled so he plays the show on the third and now he's you know has until the eighth so they would go ahead and go on to uh to to brussels to prepare for the show, and I guess he wanted to play. I guess he wouldn't have a rehearsal. Didn't want to have that much time off. As David Lee Roth says, he wanted to stay frosty, and maybe even kind of make up for the just the total shit show that happened there earlier in the year. Well, <laughs> uh, a lot to say uh, about this gig here. People started calling this club, um, who again, who already remember they had smashed this place to bits earlier that year um, after. Uh, a couple of people, uh, Elisa and uh, and Liv Warfield, both you know, I guess tweeted it out. I, I mean, I wonder how that works. Do they have to ask his permission, and are they just excited or whatever? Uh, but word kind of quickly started to spread uh, that it was going to happen. But again, uh, Prince didn't actually join the band on stage for almost a full ten minutes. Either he didn't like what he was hearing, and he finally comes out and starts switching. Uh, quite a few things around there. They were starting with Join Repetition, which kind of became a regular thing around them. Whenever I later saw the tour the next year, those legendary nights at the Forum, um, this came up quite a bit. But uh, this is where it all starts to take shape. This is why we're doing. That's why we're we're getting into all the minutia because I want you to see where all this started from. Uh, so again, they began joint repetition as people were actually coming into the room. It wasn't like you know they had a full house and then they come out. The backup singers weren't there, uh, 
and then Princess and finally comes on after after ten long minutes. Uh, and instead of joining in, he starts talking to Ida, and then he leaves, and he comes back, and he starts talking to John Blackwell. He asks Ida to come back, um, and I mean, it, it was a lot of lot of it's stopping and starting here, uh, but they eventually uh, finally got through it, and like I said, uh, clocking in at 205 minutes, it's the longest show uh, on record. So then... Check one, two. And, to, you know, just to kind of do a, a little recap here so you can kind of see where we're at here about things that got, you know, announced and, and but ultimately, you know, did not. Uh, on October the 15th, uh, post to play, supposed to be the very first date in Helsinki, Finland, was rescheduled for a later date, but ultimately canceled. Did the show in Bergen, Norway. Had two great shows, of course, uh, in Denmark, um, including that great after show at Amager Bio. Um, and then, um, I'm sorry, th three great shows in, in Denmark on the 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Uh, then on the 26th, the course we, we talked about, the show in Antwerp was rescheduled to November the 8th. Went on to the two shows in Italy and did the surprise show back in Belgium at, at Viage on the 7th. And, of course, the proper show there at Antwerp on the 8th. And as we discussed, uh, the, the shows in Abu Dhabi on the 13th and the 14th. And then on the 18th, uh, they closed things out there in the Netherlands. However, they were actually supposed to head on to... Do you remember uh, little Stevie Van Zandt had that song about Sun City in South Africa? You know, I ain't gonna play Sun City. Well, Prince was apparently going to... Uh, on November the 20th uh, at Cape Town Stadium, negotiated, never materialized. And then on the 24th in Durban, South Africa, negotiated, never materialized. Same thing on the 26th at Sun City Super Bowl. And uh, and then on the 28th uh, in Zagreb, Croatia. It actually was announced in the press and it was delayed but eventually canceled. Okay, so here's where I have to disclaim something. <laughs> uh, normally I wouldn't, uh, and maybe I can get through this completely and totally like, well, gosh, you didn't have to disclaim it. And maybe if I kill it, I'll erase this disclaimer. But here's what I'm getting at. I have no idea why this series has been like literally cursed, why it's been so hard to do this. Uh, sure, you can say emotionally and everything else, but I'm talking about the actual um, execution. It has been cursed. This was supposed to be done in September. It is April of the following year. So not only, and I, you know, it's my fault. I backed myself into a corner. I thought to myself, you know, it's like I do that a lot. I open my mouth and I write checks that uh, by whatever can't cash, whatever that expression is. So it's like I had the idea, you know what I'll do? I'm going to encapsulate every move he made for two years and not realizing what that meant and the work that went into it. I'm happy to have, to have done it. It's been a great ride. That part has been fascinating, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed it and appreciate it. But then I've been battling the estate since late September about the music and a few other different things, and then... In my personal life, I have a lot going on. I have, uh, you know, I have two very small children. I'm very, very busy. I'm 
currently writing and producing and directing not one but two uh, docu-series. Of course, the one on King Saxon and the one called Growing Up 80s. On top of my, you know, I just added a sixth podcast to our network. And this one, I feel like, has not been getting the love that it needs. And so, okay. So, that has made it my absolute mission to get back on the ball. Is anyone still going to care, you know, six months later? And I had a shoot day, literally today. And I feel like, you know what? And it got canceled. And I was mad about it. And I thought, you know what? I am going to make this happen. We're going to get part two done today. I've got all my notes. I have it all in order. All the research. Once again, great shout out to Edgar Cruz for the major assist. And it's like I stayed up all night writing this beautiful, gorgeous essay that I could never repeat again. And then like the dog ate it because I have no idea why. But when we went to to process this and send it off to editing and everything else, it's just missing. It's gone. It's not here. The dog ate my fucking homework. And I'm so upset because I was so pleased, not only with what how it had come together, but we were finally done. And I just, I can't do it again. I can't recreate that for you. I've got to move on, man. I'm, I'm so ready for part three. You have no idea what's going on with part three. Because part three is the shows that I was actually at. Part three is going to bring you some, like, pun intended, some crazy controversy that maybe only I know about that I'm going to share with you that's going to probably get me in a lot of freaking trouble. But I don't give a shit. So forgive me, but I'm going to have to preempt here. So... What happened was after that crazy Viage show, uh, you know, he just looked and treated Europe as just one big, one big um, rehearsal. You know, uh, speaking of Edgar Cruz, he'd spoke to Ida Nielsen, and we actually might have pieces of her interview if we if we can't, you know, if we can manage to hold on to them after all this crap. I'm so sorry to be such a downer. I want you guys to enjoy this, but just know why part two isn't what I wanted it to be so or it was but we lost it anyway but it's important for you guys to understand like this this trajectory here because there were so many shows that got booked and then canceled booked then canceled and it was all part and parcel because of how he approached it you know in his mind you know he'd already put out the, the 2010 album He'd already had announced, as you saw heard earlier, another tour called Welcome to America. And so he's just bouncing around Europe. They Again, they announced something like almost 30 shows and only played like 15 because just the logistics of trying to do it so haphazardly where you announce a show, tickets go on sale three days later, and then the show's the following week. You know, shit's going to, you know, things are going to happen. But a few things did happen. Uh, on that tour that I really feel like that do shape uh, what came. And that's and I feel like that, that nobody is documenting that. And that's why it's important. Like I told you before, like, uh, you know, the estate did this great job of doing this Welcome to America series. It's great. You should check it out. But we're doing something a little bit different. And I feel like that we're doing good work here. And I'm just, I'm just so sorry that it's taken so long and it has just been so 
at this point, not enjoyable for me. I can't wait to get to part three. So uh, this last part of part two, I'm just going to run it. Th I'm going to run through it for you. So check this out. So again, after that crazy second Viage show in Belgium, his second one in like four months, uh, that was again one of the longest. Is actually the longest on record. Uh, he had a proper show there in Antwerp, as you heard Edgar Cruz talking about uh, earlier. And um, and again, this show was originally supposed to take place on October the 26th. And of course, you know the whole unforeseen change of the tour schedule announcement came, but he you know he finally pulled it off. Uh, and then there weren't, there was nothing for almost a week. And again, Ida mentioned that um, they just, they just, they were found a place to rehearse uh, in Belgium, and just spent the week there. He's, he was spotted, like I said, in Italy and in a, in a couple other uh, different places. But it wasn't until. Again, this kind of last-minute kind of deal. And it was, uh, you know, the next time we played, it wasn't until November the 13th. Uh, technically, November the 13th, 12th. It's probably when people arrived. Uh, and this was another, you know, he returned for a, like, like, like a, you know, the late-night club thing. And it was a part of uh, this whole Sky Bar race thing uh, on Yas Island in Abu Dhabi and the United Arab Emirates. And reason why I also think it's, you know, just to show you just how haphazard and just off the cuff and unpredictable all this was, you know, it was only a thousand people, again, a, a part of this, you know, this sky bar, um, you know, uh, kind of like raceway um, kind of event thing, whatever. But what's important is that he does a version of Indy Ari's brown skin at this show. And he had done it a couple of times before, but... Uh, but it's very. But what's cool about it is, that since we're talking about Welcome to America, it's this is where it began. Because once, if you get the Welcome to America package and it comes with a DVD, the deluxe version does. There is a version there of Brown Skin uh, from April twenty eighth at the from the form, and I was actually present for it. We're going to get into, of course, the, the whole form run uh, a couple episodes down down the road here. Uh, but I just wanted to, to shape that for you, that, that this is where it started. This is where things like this started, you know, coming into uh, into place here. And then the next day, uh, they do the proper show there on Yas Island at Abu Dhabi, part of the United Arab Emirates. Uh, and you can say that it was a proper show, but it was like you had to have a ticket to uh, the Yas uh, It was like a part of the After Race concert series. And it was exclusive to the for the 2010 Formula One uh, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix ticket ticket holders. Uh, something very also very significant just to kind of show you uh, something very unique and different to kind of uh, I guess conform to local customs is that the three backup singers uh, wore these kind of caftan like outfits, and Ida Nielsen actually wore a burqa, and we'll have pictures of that actually on our website, of course, at tricky-kid.com. Um, and then once again, nothing for like five days. What were they doing? Where did they go? If you know, I want to know. Tell me. Uh, again, we've heard, you know, did they go back to Belgium? We know they went back to the Netherlands. Uh, you heard Air, uh, Edgar Cruz earlier uh, talking about this uh, as well. And um, 
So maybe that that's what they were doing. They were just still just rehearsing. But this would prove to be the last show in Europe. And that's what I was saying earlier. I got I, I to gotta get us to the States. But on November the 18th, uh, they, they returned to Arnhem uh, for the Gear Dome there in the Netherlands for one hell of a show, man. They went out with a freaking bang. Show was almost three hours long, 170 minutes. 30,000 people completely and totally uh, sold out. Um, there is something here that is significant that I wanted to mention in uh, on the playlist. Uh, set list, I'm sorry, here. Uh, songs that were rehearsed before the show significantly was in a large room with no light. And if you've been following along, as you know that I did a dissertation with that as part of, of course, our Purple Avengers. I mentioned Edgar Cruz, part one, we had DJ UNB who spearhead these. And something happens around this time where it actually kind of gets almost kind of a bit of an official release. Uh, I want you to check out that uh, there on my Twitter feed and also under the uh, the, the the Purple um Twitter threads where you you know they have their own Twitter thread where they retweet everything but if you go to mine you can see it but uh, a lot of stuff happens here so it was in his mind there uh, of him rehearsing in a large room with no light on the last night there in Europe and of course after show rumors already began almost immediately uh, most likely there at the Luxor because they were on Herm or Tivoli and uh, in Utrecht which is um, a place they've been to but of course before uh, and, of course, the Paradiso in, in Amsterdam. Uh, so much so that people, like, started lining up. And another thing that feels like it's cursed is that you, could, you probably can hear in the background, I'm also I'm fighting the elements here. So there's just, again, you know, I'm in, I'm in a home studio, you know, in my office. Uh, there's never a time in the day where I can just come in here my children do not go to daycare. Um, we all we both work from home. My, my wife, you probably have heard violins playing downstairs. Uh, it's like eleven o'clock at night. I've been trying to do this all day. Like I said, I just I got to I got to get on with it, man. I got to get on to part three. I'm just gonna, you know, that's what's taking so long. I got to wait for the, you know for the kids to go to sleep or clearance of the music. You know what? I no longer give a fuck. Okay, it is what it is. So where were we? Oh, yes, the Paradiso in Amsterdam. So imagine people trying to get, like, you know, press for their own show. You know, for like, a, you know, we play a big show. We're going to hire a publicist. He was getting press for a show that he not only had he not even played yet and never even actually played. It, it, it literally it made uh, the news because people started lining up about 1030 uh, and if you had turned on to Netherland 2 that night, uh, they reported about the hundreds of fans that were lining up outside and also the, the venue. Um, but ultimately, the club did the right thing and announced on their Twitter feed. And then, of course, uh, you know, a uh, the manager or whatever or the security comes out and announces that there won't, there's not going to be any show that night at the Paradiso. And I've actually experienced that. Uh, I forget what year it was. I want to say... On like 98 or something, he was going to play at the old Gypsy Tea Room here in Deep Ellum, here in Dallas. And we never actually made it inside. Nobody did. I think it was, but the fire marshal showed up and, and either that was why they shut it down and he actually couldn't play or he decided not to. We never got official word on that. But other than the fact that there wasn't going to be any show, and we were, of course, you know, crestfallen. But, you know, we'd just seen the big show. You know, these people, you know, had just seen a. A great show too, and that's that's kind of part and parcel when you're in Prince World. It's part of the fun is just 
you know, chasing these things. And sometimes you, you know, you win some, you lose some, but, um, but that was how they went out, man, in Europe. Uh, and it was time. And then the next day, abandoned crew, uh, flew back to the United States on November the 19th to get ready for one, almost a month to the day to start the welcome to America tour. They had to get back to America for the welcome to America tour. And like I said, I gotta, I gotta get back on the horse here, man. I got it. We got to get a get on, uh, with part three. I'm, I'm so sorry that this one didn't pan out the way that I wanted it to, but I'm telling you right now, I've got, we got so much coming. I'm releasing finally another part I've been battling for. I'm going to release baby. You're a trip. Uh, the, the story of Jill Jones and Prince. And it's an interview that her and I did last summer that I've turned into kind of a, of a just a, a, a short video series. I think you guys will enjoy. We had Dan Charnas uh, on. Of course, you know him from him. Um, you know he wrote this great book about Jay Dilla. He was on our, our in the mix episode, and he's we got, went deep on some stuff that you're not expecting. I can't wait for you guys to hear that. And we're gonna get into a lot of stuff, man. So and that's gonna be Dan will be separate from our Welcome to America series. But I'm just ready to get back on the horse. So anyway. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Uh, you're not going to freaking believe part three. I'm telling you, part three is going to blow your mind. You're going to hear it and go, oh my God, I had no idea about that. Oh my God, is Roy going to be in super duper trouble? And the, and, the, and the truth is, yes, probably, but who cares? Anyway, thank you again so much. Do not, do not miss part three. And I'll see you next week. We've got Maya McLean, of course, one half of the twins. Uh, we got D'Angela Duff, who, of course, does these great symposiums and lots, lots more. Uh, and that's going to wrap up part one. Uh, thanks so much to my guest, DJ UMB, and, of course, Edgar Cruz, the the, the toxic twins that have created the, uh, the Prince Mega uh, Twitter threads that I'm glad to be a part of uh, as part of this collective called Purple Avengers. I hope you'll check that out for sure. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created, directed, edited, and mastered by Roy Turner, artwork by Antora Sandy, marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Prince the Encore is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Tabby Cat. Follow us on Twitter at TrickyKid2 and at Cat underscore Tabby. You can also follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash DJ Tricky Kid or twitch.tv forward slash Tabby Cat. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week. Welcome to America, where you can fail at your job, get fired, rehired, and get a $700 billion tip. Come on in. Sit right down and fill up your pockets, yeah. Mass media, information overload. Welcome to America. Distracted by the features of the iPhone. In other words, taken by a pretty face. Welcome to America. Hook up later at the iPad. Meet in my place. Welcome to America. Welcome to America. Welcome to America.
everything and nothing that Google says is hip. We will not raise your taxes. Read our lips. Welcome to America. Except inside America, that's the only place I know. To America. Transformation happens deep within. Yes or no? Yes. Welcome to America. One of our greatest exports was a thing called jazz. Think today's music will last. Everything takes forever. And truth is a new minority. Oh, welcome to me. Down. Transformation happens deep within. Yes. Knees. Oh no. 